0: Verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Tonight, I, uh, not, is just a real simple message. But just to remind you of, of the things that we really know, and again, just like I, talked, I said about the television ministry, we can easily forget that this is what we are about. And I try to do this to remind myself and to remind you what our mission is. Why we're here. What we're doing for our God. If we forget, then what we're doing is just... A religious thing just for us to feel good it's more than that it is more than going to church it's more than just praying we have to have a heart for those that are without God has reserved for himself a remnant outside the church right now but they have been predestinated if you have if you have it in Romans chapter 8, they have been predestinated to be a part of this. But they are still outside there. And God is depending on you and I to reach them for him. Today in the church, everybody is concerned about being blessed. How, it's like we are in a survival mode. How to survive. How to survive the family life. How to survive with finances? How do I do with my children? How do I do about my retirement? That's what we are concerned about. No one seems to be concerned about God's heart. What is God concerned about? Do we think about these things? We talked about it on Sunday because we're receiving an offering. Because there are people out there, even among the Muslims. And sometimes we feel, well, can't we just do what we're doing here and grow what we're doing? Is more than that, a whole lot more than that. God loves these people, and He wants to reach them, and He's depending on us. And if we're truly serious about this, Jesus left heaven. We will give everything. Jesus left the angels and everybody there in heaven. Don't know everything there. And the, the, the joy and all of the beauty to come to our world. To seek them. He gave us his mission. I came to seek. Not just to save. But for us to do what? Seek. And to save. If you don't seek them, they can be saved. We got to seek them. When we leave that alone and we're just studying scriptures and growing in scriptures, it's just a religious thing. It's, becomes a, it's become a religion. That was not the way the early church was. That was not the way. They knew to train the disciples. Why? Why were they coming to church? To hear the word. Why? So that they can know the word and share it with the outside world. But today, all we are concerned about is how we can survive. I don't think that that's what God wants us. The Bible says God has made us more than conquerors. And he never lied to us. So we shouldn't be in survival mode. And so we're figuring out how to deal with these issues, these problems. We think we've we've got a handle of the problem. And then another problem shows up. Because that's not where he's at. It's reaching out to these people that are without and to be consumed with it. It's very important. So tonight, message is, Our Father's Business. That's the title. Our Father's Business. In Luke chapter 2, verse 49, Mary and Joseph were looking for Jesus. He was just 12 years old. They were looking for him. And in the Amplified Version, this is what he says. Jesus said to them, How is it that you had to look for me? Why do you have to look for me? You should know where to find me. How is it that you had to look for me? Did you not see and know that it is necessary as a duty... Again, as a duty for me to be in my father's house. It's a duty for me. You should have known that. Why did you waste your time looking for me all over the place? If you couldn't find me, you just know where I will be. Right there in the house of God. Today, Christians just decide whether they want to go to church or they don't want. If they feel good, they go. If they don't feel good, they'll stay home. If it looks like a good day to play golf, they go play golf. Nobody can send them. But would Jesus, on the Sabbath day, you could tell where you'll find him. He says, as his man was, on the Sabbath day, he was in the synagogue. If you want to look for Jesus, you can go anywhere else. That you find him in the synagogue. You go back to the Old Testament. They knew where to find Daniel. When it was time to pray. He was, you will find him right there. What will people say about you? Do they have anything in your life. That they can relate to. And say if you are looking for him. Uh, he should be somewhere. Or he she should be somewhere. This is where you find. And have something to do with God. Is that your life? Why is it that you're looking for me? Why is it that you had to look for me all over the place? Didn't you realize that I am committed? It's like a duty for me to be in my father's house and occupied, not only being in the father's house, but also occupied about my father's business. I will be occupied with my Father's business. So, if Jesus is telling us this, that means God has a business in the world. He shouldn't be news to us. A business is for profit. Hello? God has a business in the world. He shouldn't be news. There is a, God's business going on right here in this world. And God is looking for partners that will help him grow this business. Every business wants to grow. And they're looking for the best people to occupy positions in the business so that they can do well. Fortune five hundred job, business, yes. We want to make it. God himself has a business here on earth. He's looking for partners. And Jesus said, look, you should have realized I will be about my father's business to make it profitable business. But we become Christians and before long we've forgotten about our father's business. And we are into our own business, how we will survive. And all of that's good but we must never forget God's business we must never forget God's business God's business will prosper whether you want to be involved or not if you got a a, a company that's doing very well and they are inviting you to (laughs) come and be a part of it A major share in this business. Many of us will run for it, right? You're going to go for it. Because you know how much you will profit from this business that has no chance of failing. And this business of God, it can never fail. The foundation is so solid. There is no room for failure. So, you can be a part of this business. And according to Jesus, we'll come into that. According to Jesus, this business pays. Not only after you die, He pays you right here. It's unbelief and fear that is holding us back from truly investing in this business. Unbelief and fear. I'm telling you, unbelief has robbed us a lot. Fear. If I do this, what's going to happen? But God's word is sure. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. He says, according to the grace of God. Now, this is a picture, the picture he gives us about this business that God has. And God changes from one picture to another, but still with the same message. And trying to help us understand what he's talking about and what this business is all about. He says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, so you need grace. To be a part of this business, amen? You just don't say, I'm going to go there. It takes grace. But the grace of God has appeared to all men. Please say with me, all men. Yeah, the grace of God has appeared to everyone. You can accept it, you can receive it if you want to. You can reject it and they leave you alone. But this grace has appeared to all men. You can be a part of this business. Paul says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. I was shocked as I was studying this scripture. So a preacher comes to church and he tells you, I'm telling you, I'm a wise master builder. He's filled with pride, right? But he knew what he was talking about. I am a wise master builder. You know why? Because he laid the foundation the right way. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. I laid the foundation, and another person is going to build on it. So, what is it? What's God's business here? He's building a house for God. A house needs a foundation, a business needs a foundation. If the business, uh, the foundation of the business is solid, that business will do well. It's a house. This is the picture here. He says, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. It says, and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. So when the foundation is laid, you are going to build on it. So let each one think about what you're doing. Pay attention to what you're doing. You are building on a foundation that this wise master builder has laid. So all of us, if you're a child of God, you should be building on this foundation. And it says, we should take heed on how we build on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay that, than that which is laid. And what's that foundation? It's Christ. Jesus Christ is that foundation. So if you put your foundation, if you lay your foundation, and that foundation is Jesus Christ, that's a solid foundation. You are a wise master builder. If the foundation is Christ, because that's where it begins, we're building the house of God. And so you build on that foundation. And every Christian, so notice, I laid the foundation. That foundation is Christ. But everyone who comes in must build on that foundation. That is Christ. So you start with Christ and you end with Christ. What that says is God expects you to put, do your own part in this building. If you're not helping to lay brick upon brick. And the people, people at the brick. That's what Paul was doing. He went everywhere. You can't build if you have no bricks to build. So the picture here, you need people as the brick to lay upon Christ. Notice the foundation is a man, right? Jesus Christ, right? So if you're going to lay foundation, the foundation is Jesus Christ. You're not going to put something else on him. He's a human being. He's a man. The man, Jesus Christ. So, if we're building a, a tabernacle for God, so you lay another person that's just like Christ. We are Christians. You convert them, you get that brick, treat the brick, make sure it looks like the former one, so it can stay on it, and you build a house for God. And everyone is to build on it. So, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you even concern yourself about building a house for God? Have you ever thought about how many bricks have you brought? To get this building built. You know David said. I have prepared with all my might. Remember that? With all my might I prepared. I made gold. All of these things. For the temple of my God. And Solomon took it over. That master builder. Started laid the foundation. Had everything ready. And Solomon took it over. Built a temple for God. Because God wants to be among the people. And the Bible says. You are the temple of God. And so we need, really need to think about this. We need to cons- be concerned about winning souls, about bringing people to God, witnessing to them and sharing with them about Jesus Christ. Uh, I have a strategy for those that are going with me to Nigeria this uh, this uh, uh, next month, right? We're going to be winning a lot of souls. I guarantee you. Amen? Because Jesus is already with us. Not going to be with us. He's already with us. I have a strategy. Once we land, we'll be winning souls. Amen? No stop. When we come back, we'll share with you. Just be patient. Amen? We'll share with you. But I, I can already tell you, there's going to be a lot of... I mean, right from the airport, we'll be winning souls. And praying for them to be well. Guys, those of you that are going with me, get ready to fast. We'll fast for about two weeks before we leave. So we don't have to fast when we get there. <laughs> Sometimes you fast without wanting to fast because you're so busy. But I, I'm i so excited about this. I just cannot wait until we can get there. And share the gospel with people. And see what God does. God's business will always be successful. Because he's, he's the head. He's the CEO. If you have it. He knows what he's doing. If you don't cooperate. You get fired. No kidding. <laughs> but if you stay with him. We're going to do well. This business will cause you to succeed. You remember what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? He says, Seek you first. You seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. But there's other things to be concerned about. Other things to get yourself involved in. You want to build your life. You want to. Like, you want your children to do well. You want to work hard for your retirement. You want to do all of this. That's okay. But he says, but if you're really a wise person on this earth, remember at the very end of chapter seven, it says, everyone who hears the sayings of mine, not laws, sayings of mine, and does them, I will liken him to what? A wise man who built his house on the rock. So that no matter what comes at you in life, you're still standing. While others are going down, you're still standing. And one, one of the things, one of the things he gave to us is this particular one. He said, look, the worldly people, the people in the world, they are concerned about all these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And if you listen to your flesh, that's where you want to go. You want to go after these things. But Jesus is saying, but seek first. The number one thing, that means if there is a first, there's got to be a second, right? (laughs) If there's first, there's got to be a second. So, but your number one thing should be, first, the kingdom of God and His righteousness seek to build on this solid foundation. The kingdom of God, how to build this kingdom, and the righteousness of God. And the Bible says all these things will be added to you. In other words, God will provide all of these things if you do the first thing. You've got to do the first thing. You can't begin to build a house until you've laid the foundation. If you go seeking the rest without the foundation, which is the kingdom of God, your building is going to go down. You build it all right, but it won't stand the test of time. So, the number one thing is to follow after God hard. I'm telling you, God can transform your situation in one day. What you've been struggling to do for a long time. The converse is the, is the case. Satan can destroy everything you built for 50 years in one day. If God turns him loose. If you don't believe this, talk to Job. Talk to Job. You can struggle and put everything up. And God turns him loose. (laughs) He'll destroy everything. Including your children. Everything. In one day you'll be crying. I'm telling you. But God can also do the same thing on the the good side. He can build everything you've been struggling to achieve. He can do that in one day. Sometimes we see these things. And we're thinking. Really? Well look. We can see examples in in the Old Testament if you want to know. The Bible says that's a shadow for us. uh, uh, Joseph stepped out of prison to become a prime minister. Was that not one day? Just one day. He had been suffering we don't know how long. Instead of going up, he was going down. Further down. And in one day, God transformed everything. And listen, when God brings you up, nobody's bringing you down. You stay up. If men bring you up, they can vote you out. That's just the way life is. So seek first the kingdom of God. Seek to win souls. I really encourage you in whatever form God, God is working with you. Seek to bring people to God. Let it be in your mind. And let it bother you if you're not doing that. If you are forgotten totally about it, not winning souls, that means you don't even pray about it. How many times have you prayed about God saving people? You're a Christian? How many times? Has it even occurred to you to do that? That's a sign. Something is not right. If this whole church, the Ark Fellowship, if we are all in agreement and praying, you see what God will do for us. But before you say, well, we don't have people saved in your service, did you pray at all? Has it even occurred to you? During the service, are you even thinking about it? Many times I see Christians, if you preach a message, they want something that will... Bless them. Well, we need some new revelation. <laughs> but they don't even consider the person who is a baby, just kidding. You should be shouting when they are preaching the simple message because you brought somebody that didn't know Christ to church and that's what they need. They need milk. I know. Pastor. I didn't enjoy that message because, you see, it really wasn't, you know. You're just complaining because you don't have a heart for those that are without In those days when we had, uh, what do they call it, uh, glory nights, <laughs> back in the 70s, early, I gave up my age, okay, <laughs> late 70s, 80s, night service was the best, it got the and then when God, when pastor is preaching, and it's a simple message for everybody shouting down pastor, yes, yes, and all the mind is, this fellow, you need this message, you got to get saved. And they're almost going to that fellow, you know. <laughs> Don't you think you need to go up there? <laughs> they want them saved. I want to see that spirit again. Of wanting to see people saved. Inviting them to church. And praying for them. And so when pastor is preaching all along, you're not even hearing the message. You're praying, God please talk to this person and save them. I just, I just, I don't understand it. Believe me. It's, 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 uh, people we're forgetting that these are eternal people. They will live forever. These individuals will live forever. I'm glad I'm speaking to us tonight because you're here. And God's depending on you. Not those that come in maybe on Sunday morning alone. They need the milk. But for those of us here, we should have a heart for it. If you can't go, you can give right? You can also pray. But if you're not doing any of it, I wonder if your heart is in it. Jesus said, why do you draw near me with your mouth but your heart is far from me? This is the issue here. When you read the history of the church, especially in the United States, how people sacrificed. They were willing to go without just little knowledge. Women starting up great work. With little knowledge. But they want souls saved. All we want to do is prosper. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because God wants us to prosper. But it should be to prosper. So that we can support God's work. That's what it's all about. We are forgetting the true gospel today. The simplicity, like Paul says, The simplicity of the gospel. Because we want to go into the deep things of God. But how can it be deep when it's not producing anything? You know how deep it is, but you're barren. How deep is that? There is no fruit for it. Jesus said, I want you to go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. It's an opportunity for us. And then pray you support us as we go and pray for us. So you bear fruit with us. Some, some, some sow and the others reap. But I want to be able to, that's what I will tell the guys going with us, so we can pray with individuals, take, take down their numbers, and we can call them. We'll show how to get to them and call them from here. I say, how are you going? You found a church yet? He said, you're calling me from the United States? Yes, I'm calling you from the United States. Go get a church. <laughs> Go to church somewhere. And that will touch them. He called me from the United States to go to church. I'm going to church. I got it made. That is so for heaven. That's what we'll be doing. We'll, write, we'll pray with them and write their names down. And take their telephone number. And call them. And find out how they're doing. I just want to make a difference in a person's life. And know one day I'm going to see that person in heaven. Amen. Right with the Father. All of us rejoicing together. But just to go into the deep things without really winning souls, I've seen Christians, watch them. Those that love to share the gospel, they become leaders later. Because God knows they got their hearts in the right place. That's just the way it is. You have to lay... The foundation right. God expects us to do that. This business will prosper you if you stay with it because it's God's business. I want to share tonight what this business is. We talked about building a house, but then God shows us another picture of this business. He says it's 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 like a field right? Now we're talking about building and then now we're talking about harvesting. That's a different picture. He says the field is already ripe for harvest. So what's the problem? The problem is laborers. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus didn't say the problem is getting them to want to receive the gospel. He says they are ready. They are are ready. They are waiting for you. The field is already white for harvest. Pray for laborers. Because the problem is not that they don't want Christ. The problem is not that they don't want to be saved. The problem is not that they don't want to go to church. The problem is no laborers to invite them to church. And there are no laborers to pray for them. No one to share the gospel with them. Nobody really cares about what's happening in their lives. And so God, Jesus said, I need you. Truly, he said, the, the harvest is great. But the laborers are few. And you can see that. He didn't lie to us. I, I want to be among the few. Can I hear an amen? The laborers are few. And the few laborers that God can gather, he knows them. He knows those laborers. If you have just a few, are you not going to keep the few you got? To make sure the business is going? That's why he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. When you have just a few laborers that are doing the job, you want to keep them, right? You want to take care of them. You want to make sure they're doing well. They're not sick. They're doing well. They're they're well taken care of so that they can continue this business so the business will succeed. The laborers are few. The field, the business has a great potential, if you have it, to grow. That's what God is saying. The potential for this business to grow is there. But we can't find workers. That's the problem. So pray so that we can train more workers to go into the field. So it's a field of people, a field of people that need to be brought in to be a part of this building. And this is what Jesus, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 4. Jesus was giving us basically his mission statement. He says, they handed him a book, the book of Isaiah the prophet. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted.'" To proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me. For what purpose? To preach. To preach. If you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, why? To preach. Not to tell me you speak in tongues. I have heard all of it. Preach to the field. That's white for harvest. The field, that's the field of people. They are broken hearted. Because of what Satan has done to their lives. They are looking for help. And they are looking for help in the wrong places. But you have the truth. Some of them are looking for help with drugs. Some into prostitution. They are all over the place. Broken hearted, oppressed. Oppressed. And what they need is your preaching. And so God has anointed you to preach. It's your preaching that is going to deliver them from being broken hearted. Until you preach, they remain broken hearted. And you know they are broken hearted, but you won't preach. You won't preach. Well, well, that's not my personality. So show show me your personality then. You're almost like Moses telling God, uh, send some other person. You know God, I can't speak. God said, who made man's mouth? You can say something. I don't know scriptures. where you know your testimony. And the Bible says, and they overcame him by what? By the blood of the lamb and by what? In the word of their testimony. Your testimony is so powerful. Let me tell you what God did for me. Nobody's going to argue with that. He touched them. And if they don't like it, they'll say, good for you. But in their heart, they're saying, I wish God would do that for me. But you've already sown a seed. And that's an incorruptible seed. I was sharing with Pastor Solomon. The greatest weapon a Christian has Is your Christian testimony. The day your testimony is destroyed, you are powerless. I know of preachers that will fill a stadium. Then. And then something happened that destroyed their testimony. If they start a campaign in a a stadium, if they get 200 people, they'll be glad. Because nobody's going. The same anointing. Right? The same person. The same style of preaching. But the testimony is gone. And the people know. Testimony is compromised. They are not going. So the greatest weapon you have, your testimony. So even if you don't know scriptures, you can share your testimony. I remember, this is a funny story. I I was working at the University of Georgia where I was in school and uh, there was uh, this uh, african-american fellow I, actually i was painting somewhere just to make enough money so i can pay my fees uh while i was in school there it was like in summer so foreign students can work on campus in the summer so i was doing that and and i had all of these guys i don't know where they came from i don't know where they employed them some of them cursed i mean they use real bad words and it was like, God, after I'm through with work, I want to go take a shower, you know. Because I've been hearing all kinds of curse words from these guys. And then one of them heard my accent. He said, are you from Africa? You from Africa? I said, yeah, I'm from Africa. The, the way it was, they, you have to do your work. They, they don't want to catch you talking with somebody else and wasting time. They pay you for work, Okay so he quit and then the foreman showed up and he was gone then he came back again he said do you know about voodoo you know about voodoo i said oh yes i know about voodoo in fact they hit me about a couple of times with voodoo when i was growing up his eyes went wide wow you do wow and then the foreman showed up he took off again but he couldn't wait He ran back again to me. He said, "Uh, tell me about this voodoo stuff. And so I told him a little bit about it. He was so interested. Then I told him, uh, before the foreman showed up the third time, I told him, but I tell you what, I found something that is even better than voodoo. He said, really? (laughs) And the foreman showed up and he, he took off. To with a few seconds, he was right back. He said, w- w- what's the, fault, the stuff that you found that is better than voodoo? I said, Jesus Christ. He said, oh. <laughs> and, w- <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> he was looking for something bigger. He wouldn't even let me talk to him. That's what happened. I can't forget that was so funny. <laughs> they don't know where the power is at. I talked to another young man, uh, just a real long-haired fellow. And um, he lived up where I was living. I think this was Texas A&M. And um pretty long-haired, blonde guy. And uh, so one day I engaged him in talk, in small talk. And I started talking to him about uh, Christianity. He says, oh, no, no, no. He says, I grew up with that stuff. I grew up with that stuff. He said, right now, I'm looking for exotic religion. I said, what's the meaning of that? <laughs> he said, you know, like the Eastern religion. Uh, you know, the Buddha and Conf- Confucius and, and, uh, and uh, all of this stuff. Hindu religion, exotic religion. So I said, that's strange. You guys, you guys brought uh, Christianity to us. You Americans, you preach to us. Now you don't want that anymore? You want India's religion? He said, yeah. I said, well, in a country, we call America God's own country. If you're a Nigerian, that's what we call America, God's own country. Because he says in the, the money, in God we trust, right? So when we see that, especially the Christians say, oh, I just love America. Look, even in their money. They say, in God we trust. So I said, well, that's what... See, look at how you're American. You know, God bless your country. I said, you want the God of India? You see what he's doing to their people over there? They can't even eat meat. Their children are dying of Kwajaka. And you see they, they stand their stomach and all the cows walking around. That's what you want? You're abandoning the God of America that's, look, how he's blessed America and you want the Indian God. That's what you want to live under? He said, I never thought about that. He said, you better think about it before you get the Indian God. You may not survive. I didn't tell him that. (laughs) We take for granted what God's blessed us with. Be shared with them. Share it with them. They want to hear. They want to hear your stories. On Saturday, there was a young man that came, uh, uh, Jude, Pastor Jude. He talked about, um, he's a pastor now. He's been a pastor much longer. But um, he, saw, he saw me when I first got saved. And he told me years ago. He, everywhere he went, he said, I want what I saw in that person. But I used to tell them in those days in class what just everything I saw in church. I was a new Christian. So if I see somebody speaking tongues in church, I've taught in high school. And you can talk about God in high school over there. They won't won't, uh, kick you out or make you lose your job. In fact, they study Bible every day in school. And so I could talk to them about God. And sometimes I taught chemistry. My students will tell me, We don't want to, you to teach. I think they don't want to hear all the bonds and uh, calculations and uh, all this chemistry stuff. They said, Tell us about church. And I said, Well, if you are quiet, I'll get through my subject and I'll, we'll talk about that. And they listen, I tell them stories. Everything I've seen in church, I tell them. And we got many of them saved. When I left Nigeria, I thought, No one of them. There's one that's living in Idana. Uh, that was one of my students. He's Christian. Dr. Mb. one of my students. He's a Christian now. But when I left, none of them have given their life to Christ, not that I knew of. But they're all Christians. I'm my friends today. You've got to share the gospel. You've got to share the gospel. I want you to be able to say, or somebody to be able to say it about you. Because he shared with me. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. And maybe you share with them. It's like the soul are going, just throwing, spreading our seed. And God will bring the result. Because it's an incorruptible seed. Every time you speak the word of God. And remember what comes out of your mouth. In the beginning was what? The word. And the word was, every time you speak God's word to a person, guess what you're giving them? God you are sowing God into their hearts. There's no bigger blessing than that. Than to give a person God. You have the ability through your words. With God's word. To give God to a fellow. And watch God change their lives. This is what it's all about. I want to remind you today. uh, Members of the Ark Fellowship. We have a work to do for our father. This is very serious for me. I sleep it, drink it. I know one day I'm going to meet him. Yes, I'm a pastor, but I'm constantly thinking about this. Everything is serious for me when it comes to this. Nothing is bigger than this, to follow God. And I would, everybody, do, do the same. I don't get hurt by what's going on. People do stuff. And my wife will tell you, I've come to the place. I'll stay focused. I, I do what I have to do. The results come from him. But I've got to reach people for God. I've got to do that. And so the first step I want you as members, please pray. There are some of us that are really out there reaching. Please don't give it up. Don't get discouraged. Please don't. If you're sharing uh, sharing Christ with people, don't get discouraged. Many people I shared with in Nigeria before i came to the united states i I came here feeling like a failure because that was the one i mapped the streets but i didn't get one person in my mind when i left that really was following until i went back and then it wasn't those individuals that have come to christ alone they have also have brought people to christ and i'll get them they walk up to me sir i am your grandson in the lord and i said who is your father because somebody, and they'll tell me, and I came with call. I don't remember. I don't know who they're talking about. Because in my mind, it didn't work. I, didn't, I couldn't get the mean. But the seed was sown. And the time of harvest came. Jesus said, you planted. And then all that people have gone into your labor. And so the one who sowed and the one who reaped, they can rejoice together. That's what this is all about. Let's keep the the simplicity of the gospel right there in our heart. Don't forget it. We got to win them to Christ. Amen. So we're going to be putting an emphasis for our church. Bring them, invite them to church. You don't know what will happen. You may invite ten people and maybe you don't, you think you're making, nothing is happening. No, it's an incorruptible seed. They hear the word one time. And something happens and they remember that word. And they know you were the one that helped them. That's what I've found. I've lived long enough to see these things come to pass. And I'm glad that one day I will see those individuals in heaven. Many of them that I, I, I don't even know because we've had meetings like what we're going to Nigeria to do. We won't know those people but they will be there. They'll find a church. God will direct them. God will bless them. Stand up with me tonight. And please pray. Be about God's business. If you build God's house, God will build your own house.